It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're on ESPN, too. You can say play ESPN. We pop up. If you have smart speakers, you can download the podcast. Yes. Key, what's your shirt say? <laughs> Starting right in. <laughs> Key before the show is there with a with a magic marker trying to trying to cover this inappropriate thing on his shirt. It's very a, inappropriate. Kids first, are watching. First of all, where's Key? He had a flat tire. He's going to be here, but he's going to have to miss the meeting. He has a flat tire. Then Key shows up sweating, ran to, ran to the studio. Then his IFB, that's this piece that goes in your ear so you can hear the producer. Didn't work. He has to run down to his car. But before that, he had to. He had. I see him coloring in his shirt. So I'm glad, but I'm really glad that Evan. Because I, I. I mean, I don't. You know, I just put stuff on. I didn't pay attention to. Oh, this. It says this, and you got to watch TV. Typically, I mean, you know, I. I know better, um, and I pay attention. <laughs> do you? Typically, yes, I do. <laughs> but I mean, in this situation, I just grabbed some clothes. I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't like locked in, thinking like, oh yeah, it says. First of that all, on you your just flew and- across the country with the fit. Like you, had, you have a lot going on now. You got a morning radio show, which in LA is on at like some ungodly hour, right? Three, 3 a.m. in the morning, which means I have to be up at one fifteen, right, to get there at two fifteen. Yeah, and I, to, to sit in the chair because we. But sit- I'm glad. He caught it. I it's swear, if it's one thing that he's done in two years that earns his money, is that one. No, I, <laughs> I that one catch. No, I definitely deserve credit for the show. Key gets way too much credit for for what he does on the show. Um, yeah. I deserve a lot of credit for the show. Um, Sounds like an ESPN version of Bruce Arians. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got. Key, it. Dude, I'm question, gonna take all the credit. Question and for none you, of the Key. Blame. You have a lot yeah. of you have a lot of surfing attire. Do you surf? Mm, good question. Like you, you wear all the surfing gear, the branded stuff, but do you surf? Yeah. I, I don't surf, Jay. Okay. I like to wear surf gear because it's comfortable. It's easy. Board shorts are just easy. I got one pocket. I could drop one credit card and my ID in there. Damn. It's just a simple simple thing, and it's non-threatening. I'm very <laughs> chill-looking. It's non-threatening. Do you I find agree. that's an issue, Key? You have to do things that are non-threatening? Here comes a black I, surfer, non-threatening. I, as crazy as it may sound, Max, my entire... Uh, uh, life that I've been able to understand the world, I've done things I think that was non-threatening, so I'm good. <laughs> like, hey, you're driving in your car when you're young in your high school. Guess what I had? I made sure that my backpack was seen. It was very visible in my vehicle right. at all times. <laughs> hey, he's just a normal school kid going to school. He's not looking to cause any trouble. Look at this you know, guy. we're, la- we we're laughing, but we're laughing. But, but it's just, real. Yeah. Listen, if you're listening it's out so, there, and so real. It's if so you're real. listening out there and you're not black, you know, right, and, and also big, let's face it, because that <laughs> plays it too. Imagine having to live your whole life that way. Like, just I think about lying. that. For I a just second. feel mm-hmm. that way sometimes, but I like the gear though. I, I just it's cool. It's easy. It's cheap. It's not over the top, and I look good. In it's it. very Malibu, yeah. very Malibu, California. Well, I mean, yeah. that's me. Yeah, I know. I got you know, it. Yeah. Nobody, nobody is attempting to do anything behind you guys on any bridges today. Correct? 
Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is you know, listen, Jeez. we're we're at Seaport in New York City. What was that yesterday? There, well, we're we're let's just put it this way. Without getting into too much detail, we're right on the East River. Some interesting things happen around the East River in New York City, and it's Percy always been that scaling way. Scaling the Manhattan Bridge. There are different things that people do. Think, yes. Yeah. yeah, it just was. It was very interesting. Look yeah, at that. You know. It yeah, was but just you a know very what? Interesting day. First time it I've ever happy seen ending. anything. First time Thank I've goodness. exactly, but first time I ever seen anything in my life like that. Yeah, and yeah. my kids actually was watching it. Uh, I guess some some people was posting it and streaming it on social media, and they actually asked me about it when they got in the car yesterday. Yeah, there was just someone who was apparently okay. was was having some. Uh, I would say it's safe to say difficulty in their lives, and they had certain thoughts, but they were eventually talked out of it. Seems yes, like, which and, was, and turned out to be a good thing. That's yes. a great thing. So let's talk LeBron out of something. <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is brought to you by Mako. When life throws you uh-ohs, just say better get Mako and go to Mako.com to get an online estimate today. Listen, there is uh, so much going on, but you heard Steph Curry on 95.7 The Game on the sound on the way in, right? Responding to LeBron James on the shop. You, you heard that in the open. And, uh, and le- first of all, there's so much going on this weekend, period, Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't wait for the Yankees to start. Jay, you're into the Masters. Mm-hmm. I assume that's what you're going to be watching. Key, what do you have your eye on this weekend? I mean, it's the Dodgers, really, for the most part. I mean, I'm going to the Laker game tonight. My son's birthday party's at the game, so I'm taking him tonight. But, you know, it's not the same as it was when we first planned it. You know how that is, Jay. I'm, I'm kind of ticked off right now. You're going to go see num- Taylor Horton Tucker play? I mean, 40 like, minutes. come on, man, seriously. <laughs> Against OKC, though. <laughs> So I'm getting ready to go see two G League teams play. Keyshawn J. Willemax it is what it by is. Progressive Insurance. Oh. Yeah, THT dropped 40. He dropped you know? 40, yeah, on 38 shots. So, all right. So, we're, look, we already we, we danced around LeBron and Steph. We talked about those two teaming up yesterday because LeBron was asked on the shop, his show, you know, and he clarified, wait, you mean who I want to play with now just so it sounded like he could get out? Steph Curry, I'd like to play with Steph Curry. And someone else in the media, Key would say, took the cheese and ran to Steph Curry and said, hey, let's make something out of nothing. What do you think about LeBron? And Steph was kind of like, you know, threw a wet blanket on it, right? So, um, but we've been talking about this, guys. We talked about how it would look for LeBron, right? A lot of it's always LeBron's story. To me, the NBA was very close to being the, the Steph Curry league in 15-16 when this team won 73 games and he was setting all kinds of records. He's the greatest shooter ever and everything Till LeBron showed us what was what in the finals. But how would it have, like, what kind of an impact would this have on Steph's legacy? I think, like, you guys think I take pleasure in saying, hey, Jay says, is Tiger an elite athlete? And I say no. And I don't take, pl- I just have to be honest about how I feel. It's fair. Okay? You're allowed to be and honest. I, and I feel that Steph and how I think, Steph is an all-time great. Right, but the fact is, and because he's an all-time great, and because the ball doesn't stick with him, because he shoots so well, because he's unselfish, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, his teams are always in the finals, and yet, and he's revolutionized the game. He has he has a huge imagination. Who says I can't shoot from the other side of the gym? I'm going to do that. It's not a bad shot. I'm going to practice that. Right? Props, Steph. Guys, he's played in a million finals. He's never been Finals MVP. Whether his teams won or they've lost, he's never been Finals MVP. And the fact is, he hasn't deserved to be. So let's say he like let's talk about Steph's legacy. Let's say he linked up with LeBron. LeBron went to Golden State, and and they won the title. But LeBron wins MVP. 
just like KD won it twice on the same team with Steph, just like Iguodala won it on the same team with Steph because LeBron was by so far the MVP of that series, they had to give it to the, the, team, the, the dude on the other team who guarded LeBron since that's team one, right? It's just like LeBron was MVP. Exactly, when the, yeah, yeah. Jay, Jay what does that do to Steph's legacy? It, it, it would diminish it. In my, and, and that's why I love the fact that he shut it down, Max. He shut it down quickly. And I, I was Kevin Durant's style of play fits the continuity of Golden State exponentially better than LeBron's style of play. LeBron needs the ball in his hands to make things happen. That is not the way that Golden State plays. So, you know, when Steph won their first championship, they revolutionized the game of basketball in a way because they were playing more team basketball when the league was more an isolation-type league. And then the rest of the league caught up to them. But now I feel like Steph needs to do it his way again, like Frank Sinatra, to prove, like, hey, to all you detractors out there that said, I can't do it my way, here we are again, the same core, myself, Clay, Draymond, with these new additions of young pieces that fit so us can prove to you that we can do it my way. Key, I think that's right on the money. I think about a Lupe Fiasco line I quoted all the time, right? Did you improve on the design? Did you do something new? Right? Mm. Steph did. He improved on the design. He did something new. But now the next level is, is it a parlor trick? In other words, did you just come up with something and before anyone else knew what was going on, it was working? And then everyone caught up. Now what you got? Is there a, another level he can go to where – he, to, in my estimation, he would really join the top 10 players who ever lived. Key, where are you on Steph? He, just, he, he, he was taking it to another level all season long until he got hurt. And then in, in, that was just in the regular season. And then in terms of the championship and the postseason and whether or not LeBron James joins him hypothetically and he becomes the MVP, you, both of you guys are unbelievable to think that that is going to have anything tarnish-wise, to do with Steph, uh, Steph Curry's career and who and how he's looked at because he didn't win a finals MVP. What? Like, come on, dude. You of all people, you, no. you preach this. Let, show me when you win, when, like, who shows up when it matters most. And, and you, you talk try, about So, this. in other words, you get ready to say he's not going to show up? Like, he hasn't shown up in any of those final games? Is that what you're trying I to would tell say, me now, I would say like, come Steph on, dude. Curry only one time. In the finals, have I seen him remain Steph Curry, the killer, right? And that was when they lost to Kawhi, Steph was amazing. He hit big shot after big shot. But otherwise, he is some lesser version of himself in the finals. Just because Iguodala won that one. So, so in other words, Iguodala is more important to the Golden State Warriors than Steph Curry. No. No. But see, here's where where I think it's a problem, Keith. in, In six games, he played statistically better. So it makes him a better player because he won MVP. Here, here's why I, I I'm on can't. your side, Key. It's not the both Max and I. Like, I, I know Max is positioning the argument that way, but that's why I said <laughs> Steph wouldn't allow LeBron to be in that team. And here's why I think we have to put it into perspective. The reason why Steph hasn't been the best player on the floor during those times against LeBron is because he's going against LeBron James. Okay. LeBron James is always going to be the best player on the floor when he's on the floor. Mm-hmm. Is that not accurate? <clears throat> I You're think, talking, you, even if you want to say he's not your greatest player of all time. That's right. He's but in I, the I conversation. Think, okay, but I'm not interested in just having a sensational, you know, uh, a hot take. I'm interested in actually the truth of the matter, as, at least as we all see it, right? And we can sharpen our swords right now. Yes, LeBron's always going to be the best player. 
I'm not asking Steph to be better than LeBron. I'm asking Steph to be good enough at least that when his team wins, they give him the MVP. The fact was, in that series, Iguodala, his defense on LeBron, and by the way, his clutch shooting, right? He, in the end, you had to give it to him if you picked someone on the Warriors. They weren't going to take anyone on the losing team. Take someone on the Warriors. Steph's play was diminished compared to his normal standard in that series. I'm not making it up. That's, that's, why I'm, that's okay, why I'm but, but, Key, that's, but, Key, that's a small sample size because then and, the sample size increases when they have Kevin Durant, the most gifted score the game has ever seen. Yes. And they can't seven lose. seven feet. Then they can't, they can't lose. lose. And oh, he's going to get man. finals MVP just because sure. the way he plays, it, it fits perfectly into that style in the system. But that doesn't diminish Stephen Curry it's being a top ten player. Wait, maybe not. You know what does? You know what does? 2016. He's playing with two other guys who I was top there. ten players yes. of all time. I went as a fan. I bought my own ticket. I flew up there as a fan. 2016, Game 7, Steph LeBron, like, you know, the 73-win team. The greatest half-court offense of all time. No one would even argue. That Warriors team. Last four minutes and 22 seconds at home. Fourth quarter. Game 7. Zero points scored as a team. Steph was the point guard. Throwing behind the back passes. Throwing it away careless. Not shooting. Shooting and missing. It was an like stuff like that happened. I can't. I'm not making it up. Just hit a couple shots. You win that game. I agree with you. He has not had his own like large sample size of big moments in NBA Finals, but that still doesn't diminish his overall greatness to me. This is Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase Key. We'll tell you why another Bay Area athlete may also be getting too much credit. That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This is a guy who walked the walk as well as talked the talk about giving minority coaches opportunities. But he's not been a great head coach. Brady gets way too much credit for what Byron does with our offense. And uh, one of the reasons I, I hope he gets all the credit he deserves this year to get a head coaching gig.
Oh, we're, we're going to talk more about what you just heard with Jeremy Fowler in 10 minutes from now. Bruce Arians, Aaron Leftwich, Tom Brady, but 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel, I mean, clearly wants a new deal. This dude, he sees every wide out in the world getting paid this offseason. Let's take you through Debo's week on social media. Key's even thinking about a comeback, seeing th- these numbers thrown around. No, I ain't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. He tweeted, okay, then, after the Stefan Diggs extension. And then when I say okay, I mean O-H-H-H. Right, okay, then. Then he unfollowed the 49ers on Instagram. Well, that's going to show them. I unfollow you. Boy, that's going to show them. I unfriend you. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Remember that commercial? Yeah, he pulled a Kyler Murray. That's where he tried to (laughs) Then uh, Debo removed the 49ers from his profile picture on Instagram. I mean, Key, I get it. He sees all this money being thrown around. He wants some. I understand. Where are you with this? Get, Get it if you can. There's no question about it. Um, the scrubbing of the social media things nowadays are real funny. If you want to send a real message, put your house up for sale. <laughs> it, it, that's that's a real message. It's like, I'm up out of here. The scrubbing of the social media is is all cute and all. That's a 2022 think, version of selling your house key, essentially. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, move no, away that, from you in virtual reality. <laughs> yeah, in the exactly. metaverse. In I'm the metaverse. You. I'm selling my house in the metaverse. <laughs> and I'm... I'm I'm selling my crib, but really get their eyes. I'm like, oh, okay. I think, though, when you look at Debo, look, all players want to get paid that think they deserve that money. Um, But from a front office standpoint, you look at what is the value to us, not to you. And I don't think that the San Francisco 49ers value him at the same level as the – Las Vegas Raiders value Devontae Adams or the Buffalo Bills value uh, Stephon Diggs or the Miami Dolphins value Tyreek Hill or some or yeah. Michael Thomas in the New Orleans Saints, some of the higher paid salaries in the league. Doesn't mean that he's not a good football player, but what you're asking them to do is pay you as a top wide receiver. And I can tell you, having played the position, know a little about the 49ers front office situation and know people in that front office, that they're not willing to pay him that type of money. They're not willing to give him $80 million, $90 million to be a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none for them. But, Key, because they, go ahead. isn't he worth it, though? I know that they may not decide that, but isn't he worth that money? I mean, 780 yards after the catch – Ranked second in the NFL. That is I mean, an impressive stat. The amount of missed tackles Yak. he's made, yeah. it, it's, it's he does really, a it, lot of – His a versatility lot of, is off the charts for what he brings to a culture of a franchise. He does a lot of special things, but I could tell you finding a special player like that, it sounds like it's hard, but it's really not hard because he's not a traditional wide receiver. Elijah Moore from the New York Jets can do some of the same things that Debo Samuel can do, given the opportunities to. He wants to be paid like a receiver. They're not going to pay you. They're not going to pay you eighty million dollars a guaranteed money, ninety million dollars a guaranteed money, when you only contributing a small portion 
at the receiver position. Yeah, I get that, Key. It's, it's like his one it. of his main – when I look at Debo Samuel, I think he's an excellent football player. Mm-hmm. Good and the yak the stuff is special. You're right. Yeah. And that, that's worth a lot. But uh, – not but. And I feel like a lot of his value is also that he saves you a roster spot, right? Like he can yeah. do things. Now you need – and that frees up a roster spot. There's value there too. But they're not going to pay that they're guy. They're not going to pay that guy like, like, like Tyreek Hill. Right, no, like that. It's a different. It. It's a little bit different of a pay structure, but I get it, man. Scrub the social look, media. Look, look, he wants that his, money. His first his first year in the league, he he had about seventy something catches, about fourteen hundred yards, right, six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You would think, okay, that's eye popping in a passing league. And then he gets hurt. He misses some time. This past football season, we saw Sports Center splash plays. Woo! You got to watch the course of games. Now he only accounted for he only accounted for merely a fifty. 57 catches for a little bit over 800 yards and only three touchdowns. They're not paying somebody 80 to $90 million of guaranteed money to what, do that. If it works, though? But if get it, get it, dog. Uh, yeah. I ain't. yeah. And by the way, I want you to check so, my social media. There's not a trace of the Niners. I also want a big contract. So I scrubbed wait, everything of the Niners off my social media. What's that realistic value for him then? So if, if Diggs is getting, what, $70 million guaranteed? Right out well, of 104. Like, so, like, what's the realistic number for Debo? The 50? realistic number? No, the realistic number is whatever somebody's willing to pay. Right, right? but what yeah. is that? But I'm saying, We're saying San put a number Francisco, on it. though. It, like, the value it, that you want in return for him. If 70 is the elite guys, Debo's I not going to get 30. I, I, He's going to get like I would 50. Probably, right? 50 no, I probably. No, but 70 is the elite guy today. Uh huh. So, tomorrow. It's that guy is a, is a DK. No, DK Metcalf. No, I'm saying so Debo. So, what does that mean for Debo's bottom line to you? 60? It, it means that Debo should fall. It, what it means is Debo should fall in line where those guys are oh, and not 70. over. Got it. Not See, okay. not over. Pardon me, Debo. I'm not trying to yeah. cost you money. 70. Yeah. Keys trying yeah, to he, get should, he should be that $70 million guy. But what right. happens in this situation is if he got that, then I should get this. But you know what? I'll accept the key. If he got not in the same offseason. In the same offseason, if you beat a guy, it's going to be by a hair. Right? No, I'm telling you, it's going to be – okay, so who just signed? Tyreek signed. Stephon Diggs. And, and then Stephon Diggs – no, I'm sorry, Devontae Adams signed. Yeah. And Devontae's guaranteed money was $67, 68000000 million, somewhere in that range. Uh-huh. I don't know the exact number, but it's close. Then all of a sudden, Tyreek signed. Guess what Tyreek did? He jumped over that. 72, something like that. Yeah, yeah jumped over it. Then guess what? Stephon Diggs jumped over it. Same offseason. Now you come, Debo Samuel comes up. He goes, well, if you gave him 70, I need 72. So what's he going to get, 68, 71? And like, that's all within the same. Six, all right, so he's going to be fine. So he's going to get his money. Yeah, he's going to get his money. He's going to get his money, but okay. you can't go in there talking about I need 80. I see. Yeah, but, I mean, you, but when you come in negotiations, you always come in a little bit higher if you can so you can hit that next tier. Yeah. You hit the mark, but you come in higher. The funny thing is you hear guys talking about like, you know, you need to reset the market because you need the numbers to go up. But the fact is you're only resetting your position Fishing, market, exactly. right? Like Because yeah. you got to rob Peter to pay Paul. There's X number of de- – there is a cap, a hard cap in the NFL, so there's this much money to go around. And if you push it up, it doesn't push the owners. It pushes other positions. The interesting thing about Debo is what position is he? He's kind of his own position. So it's the, it's the leverage of, you know, even if you don't look at him as a number one wideout, it's the – the valuable, how valuable he is to this franchise, yeah. too, because of all the things that he does. That's what would warrant him asking for 80. Well, look, here, here's what I'll say. I made a little, I've made my years is all screwed up. In this past season, it was 1,400 yards. I went, 
I'm kind of messed it up. Okay. Not his rookie season. It was this season, 1,400. So when you're coming off a 1,400-yard season, he thinks, okay, I, I'm balling. I need to get this money, which he has elevated his game. But they're not looking at him as a top-flight receiver. So, therefore, he's not going to get top-flight money. If he's you're running out get, of the backfield, too, they, but, might, they may feel like a lot of – a lot of the a lot of the money is based on how long they feel you're going to be excellent because they can prorate it over the life of the deal. That's the bonus, right? Yeah. If they feel you're a physical runner or you're like a running back in certain yeah. ways, that takes a few years off in their minds, and they probably knock the number down a little bit. But wait, Cam, he, but he should. You, but he should. But go ahead, just, Jay. Did you say that he's not going to get type, top flight wide receiver money? I don't Meaning think that he's not that going. He going. Oh, he's not going to leap. He's not going to. He's not going to reset the market. Frog. Okay. No, he's not going to leap frog. You're not going to reset the market. But DK Metcalf is going to reset the market. No, DK Metcalf will fall. He'll fall probably in that same area to a couple million dollars more. So. But they're not willing to but take see, that's Debo crazy to me. up more. I would value Debo more than I would value DK Metcalf. Hmm. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a franchise, like, depending I would look on at what Debo because of all the things that he does. Depends on what you need. But, then, it, it, even, I'm, I'm, but I'm even adjusting what Key was talking about the other day about decaf, about sometimes he's decaf. – Decaf, yeah. Decaf. The empty calories to a degree, right? Like, He's decaf. So if decaf you have a guy, is definitely <laughs> empty calories. Somebody wakes up at 2.30 in the morning, decaf coffee is definitely <laughs> empty calories. <laughs> but, like, but, it all, but, but he is extremely important to the San Francisco 49ers' success. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the 49ers, in their success, having a Swiss Army knife in that offense, you, they've always had somebody who could do all of those sort of things. And I think that that is probably their thought process and their thinking is we're going to play hardball to the point because we think we could still get some production out of another guy if we had to move on from Debo. But do I think they're going to move on from him? No. No, not at all. They're going to wind up paying him his money. going to yeah. wind up getting him, Max. Mm-hmm. Let's bring Jeremy Fowler into this. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. And ESPN senior NFL reporter Jeremy Fowler with us as promised. Jeremy, we've been talking a lot about Debo Samuel and scrubbed his social media. He wants to get paid like all these wide receivers this offseason. Where are we when it comes to a possible extension for Debo, Jeremy? It's very early. No real traction here yet, Max. The 49ers want to re-sign Debo Samuel. They would love to have him in their long-term plans. There are a few factors here, though. They got Nick Bosa. Typically, pass rushers get paid first. He's three years into his rookie deal. He's one of the very best. They might have to prioritize him. Also, if the 49ers try to hit Samuel with that, you know, hey, you're a hybrid running back wide receiver, he's not going to like that too much. He's not going to take that because receivers get paid more uh, than running backs. And so this is one that I expect to get done along the way. There are going to be some bumps over the next few months to try to get this done. But when when I watched Samuel in the playoffs last year, my first thought was he's not up and playing next year without a new deal. Like, it's just it's so clear that this has to get done. Jeremy, would he be in that Stefan Diggs range, like that 70 million guarantee? Because I said it to Max, 780 yards, Yak, is incredible. Second in the league. The things that he brings to your team and your franchise as relates to culture is something that feels like it's a necessity. Yeah, Jay, he is to a point. I would would Mm. say, and I've talked to wide receivers, coaches about this, you know, guys who like, 
watch the craft and how players beat one-on-one -on -one with their route running. And, like, Diggs would get the edge there. Samuel is not a classic wide receiver that you're going to say, hey, go out, handle this double team or, or this top corner and just shake them and we'll give you five seconds to make your route and beat them. He's, but, but he is a generator of productivity the same way Diggs is and some of those guys. So he, top five receiver based on that, I believe so. Uh, based on kind of just asking coaches around the league what they think. Like, they would probably take Diggs because he's more of that guy who can just win on routes every time. But depending on the offense, Samuel is probably more valuable because, he, you know, like the numbers are crazy. So almost 1,800 yards last year was about 28%, almost 30% of the 49ers' entire offense, 15 total touchdowns. And the team only had 50 touchdowns on its entire offense all year. So, you know, he's a guy that is indispensable for what they do in Kyle Shanahan's system. I love the the way that you ended that there, Jeremy, with what they do in Kyle Shanahan's system. It just speaks to the point yeah. of they probably feel like they could possibly, if they needed to, find another hybrid-type player if they were to make a bold move and move on from him, which I think would be a huge mistake for the development of yeah. Trey Lance moving forward. But let's move to DK Metcalf in yeah. Seattle What's the latest on him? Is he on the move? Is he going to all of a sudden take the Seahawks and, and his Instagram and social media and scrub them clean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's going to take that route. You know, I, I, I talked to somebody close to him this week who said, like, he's been even keel. Like, he understands this is the business. You know, he has been outspoken publicly that, that he's open to staying in Seattle and like Seattle. Um, it, it's a weird one because, you know, when I ask people, with the team, you know, they say, like, look, he's not going anywhere. We, we love DK. Uh, and they've given off those vibes publicly and privately. Uh, teams are calling. They're going to continue to call. And they feel like Seattle might make that move at the right price. So, uh, And they haven't lately done anything to sort of put uh, water in that fire. You know, th this has kind of lingered right now. And so uh, this could heat up closer to the draft potentially. Because, you know, the, the thinking with Seattle is if we can get a first-round pick for DK – you can flip that, get a receiver now who costs you, you know, 30% of what DK would on a new deal. But I, I still don't think they want to do that. It would have to be a substantial offer that they simply could not refuse. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL insider reporter for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Jeremy, I'm curious, what can you tell us about the two coaches, Steve Wilkes and Ray Horton, joining Brian Flores' class action lawsuit? Yeah, well, it's, it's something that uh, those two coaches in particular have been deliberating for a while. This has kind of been in the works uh, for a few weeks, and it always made sense for coaches who were out of the game currently that they could step in. You know, uh, I guess the next step is would a coach who's currently in the mix, currently in an NFL job, would they join this class action suit? That will be the next step. So, you know, Terrell Austin, Steelers defensive coordinator, is a name that comes to mind just because he was involved in that Titans job in 2016 that Ray Horton was also up for, uh, where it was alleged that Mike Malarkey was sort of handed that job uh, behind the scenes before the process even started. So the NFL has declined comment on all this uh, so far, but uh, there will be more developments. And, and they, you know, Brian Flores' lawyers believe that their case just got stronger uh, with the two coaches that were added. Jeremy just mentioned it. Here's what Mike Malarkey, former Titans head coach, uh, said on the Steelers yeah. Realm podcast in October of 2020. Listen to this. The ownership there, uh, Amy Adams Trunk and her family, came in and, and told me I was going to be the head coach in 2016 uh, before they went through the, the Rooney rule. And so I sat there knowing I was the head coach in 16 as they went through this fake hiring process, knowing, knowing a lot of the coaches that they were interviewing knowing how much they prepare to go through those interviews 
knowing that, that everything they could do and they had no chance of getting that job. Jeremy, what do you think about that? Well, it was sort of raw candor that you rarely hear, you know, and uh, Mike Malarkey being out of the game, I think, you know, he's sort of in a retirement state at, at this point, uh, was in a position to do that. And that, that's, you know, that's good that uh, light is, is sort of shed on this process because, you know, I think about guys like Eric Bieniemy, right, They've interviewed for 15, 16 head coaching jobs. Uh, how, how much time and how many hours do you have to invest in preparing for that opportunity? And you see a story like this, like this you wonder how many of those interviews uh, really gave him a fair chance at the job. And that's been the complaint among black coaches with the Rooney Rule. It's like, okay, that's great. You get an interview. Uh, but what does that really mean? Is the shot really real? You know, so they, they want it to be more authentic. And, uh, you know, if this helps that process, you know, this story coming to light, then that's a good thing. Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate it. As always, Jeremy Fowler, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Jeremy. So, so Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All thanks. Right, always great to hear from you, Jeremy. So, so Jay, you, you heard Jeremy talk about just the hours of preparation. Mm-hmm. It goes into de- doing the – and, you know, it's funny to me because they have this rule in place to try this to make a systemic change, right? Because mm-hmm. people are – because when it comes down to individual choice, this is – always breaks down this way, guys – Right, left, right? So on the right, they go, it's personal choice. And people have to make the right choice. And on the left, they go, these are systemic problems. We need to address the system. So, okay, let's leave it up to choice. They keep making the wrong choice. Okay, now let's change the system. And now, even when the system is changed, the personal choice to not hire, or at least to hire who they want, is so strong that they buck the system. Look, it's crazy, man. Key, after, and we're going to break this down after we come back. But, I mean, malarkey, hearing that candor is problematic. And what I, what I know is that there's, there are more coaches to come. We got to get more into this a little bit later on. Is Tiger Woods going to do it? Is he really going to be competing for a green jacket? He looked pretty good. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Now driving, Tiger Woods. He had three birdies and two bogeys and a one under 71 leaves him tied for 11th. To end up in the red, I'm right where I need to be. It is one of if not the single greatest accomplishments that I have seen by any single individual in a sporting event in my lifetime. I had the Tiger. There you go. It's just like Rocky Balboa and 
Clubber Lang was coming to knock his head off. Minus all the running and the training is what you're saying? And the punching and the adjusting and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Tiger Woods, look, I understand golf people get carried away. The single most impressive athlete. Come on, stop. But it is obviously very impressive. <laughs> Max, man. You no, no, no. Key, there's not, it's not in the Why? argument for single Why? most impressive athletic. The Come guy on, has stop. rods in his right leg. Yeah, Muhammad Ali fought 10 of the 12 rounds with a fractured jaw against Kenny Norton. Who wasn't? He wasn't trying to kiss you. He's trying to kill you, right? Like speaking of Rocky yeah, Three. Jack, Jack Youngblood played with a broken leg. I get it. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, Key. Let's just get realistic. Uh, I saw Carson Wentz play, make a couple oh, passes on a bad. Ah. <laughs> but listen, I'm not like I'm not trying to. I don't want to get hyperbolic about it. I'm not trying to rain on his parade either. Not that I could. It's am- it's amazing, you know. The, like and and also so far ahead of the game because he was in a car accident, could have taken his life, could have could have meant he never walked again, could have never meant he played golf again, could have meant he played golf, but not like this. He's yeah. one under. I mean, There's damn, so he looked good. So many things that's great about where Tiger is right now, and it just like I said the other day, it just smelled like he gonna be right there at the end, man. I understand Jay, I understand the walking, I understand the hills, I get all of that, Jay. Everything, because for somebody who has been through this a, 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 a certain thing in their own career, you know what I'm saying, Jay? You know. Mm-hmm. It just look for him to finish yesterday one under par, and the the mental aspect of it, Max, and and how he's able to continue to his ability to even a couple of tee shots down the stretch, right? He pushed the ball, but to get out of mess, like to par those shots, to end up with. Three birdies, two bogeys. It, it, it's just phenomenal to watch. Meantime, he said afterward, like you know, he's obviously feeling it, but he knows how to play. He's gonna, yeah, he's man. gonna struggle through it. Michael Collins, ESPN golf analyst, with us now. Michael, what's your takeaway from his first round, from Tiger's first round? It was amazing. And you know what the biggest takeaway is? We know that Tiger doesn't like to talk about his injuries whatsoever when it comes to, you know, his body out there. But when he talked to Michael Leaves after his round and he kind of just, I want to say giggled, but it was was one of those, (laughs) one of those. And he goes, people have no idea what my team and I had to go through just to get to this point. Normally, Tiger doesn't talk about his body until after the fact and the fact that he kind of led us behind the curtain there just a little bit says something about for him what he understood it took for him to get to this point and even he was kind of proud of that which he doesn't normally doesn't let that stuff out especially in the middle of a tournament so even tiger knows that what he's doing right now is above and beyond what anyone else would even attempt MC, I'm not equating Tiger to my situation at all, but every time when I swing, because my injury's in my left leg, when I, when I complete my follow-through, that pivoting after a while, like after a, a day or two, like it gets really sore. Are you, are you seeing anything live in action? Because just watching that kind of thrust that he gets from that back foot, I saw him push a couple of tee shots. Are you seeing anything that makes it stand out? I wonder how that's going to be the cumulative effect over a couple of days with that. Well, that's the thing, too, and he, and he hasn't played 18 holes day after day after day. So this is going to be the second, only the first time where he's played 18 holes the day before and now 18 holes again after walking this golf course. The one thing that I did see at the very end on 18 is when he went to take that tee shot, 
where normally you got to have a lot of power, mm-hmm. he didn't push off of that right leg quite as hard as he normally would have. It was a lot of body swing there, but that's the athleticism that he has and how strong his core is, that he could still generate enough speed and get to that left side. I know this sounds a lot like inside baseball for people listening right now, like, what are you talking about? But basically it's like a baseball swing, and it would be like if a baseball player – couldn't use his right side and was still trying to hit home runs. And that's what Tiger was able to do, was able to get to his left side because of his core strength and still hit a drive that he pulled a little bit left, but it was going to go far. Michael, it's very easy, right, to ask you, oh, what's the reaction of the other golfers, blah, 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 but I'm not going to do that. When when <laughs> will right. Tiger strike fear in those other golfers? When will that moment come? Uh, it's not coming. He, you're talking about the Tiger of 2007, you know, 2008. Like, you're talking about the intimidation Tiger who, after 1997, went in here 25 years ago, everybody understood when his name went on the leaderboard, it was game over. The guys that are out here now, it's a different breed of, of golfers that are out here. It's a different generation, and Tiger's different. I mean, back then, Tiger didn't hang out with guys or go to the clubhouse and eat in the in the lunchroom or be in the locker room. You never saw him because he didn't want those guys to be his friends. He wanted them to be afraid of him. Now he's a different Tiger Woods. He's cool with guys being friends with him and whatnot. He still wants to beat them, and he still can beat them on occasion. But the guys that are out here now, they understand, like, it's it's an elder statesman Tiger Woods. So they're, they're not going to be afraid of him ever on the golf course. But what they will be is they'll be in reverence of him. And, like, in 2019 when he won, remember how many guys made a lot of mistakes coming down the stretch, and Tiger just didn't make any mistakes. They weren't afraid of Tiger, but they just got out of their own games. Michael, this is a very interesting subject to me. When you, te- when you have dominant players you know, in a given game or a fighters in boxing, right – when they're no longer at their best, when they're not at the good, you know, Tiger Woods at his best may have been the goodest player of all time, right? But, right, but right. when you're that good, sometimes you're intimidating others. We don't know how great you are. How do you overcome adversity? All those things. So when some fighters like Muhammad Ali in his second career are no longer at their goodest, then we find out about their greatness. Has there been any talk from Tiger or anyone around him about that kind of opportunity at this point in his career even what he's doing right now for example no because we don't know yet exactly what tiger's long-term plans are and and what exactly he's going to do so what you're asking and what you're wanting to know about is something that is better left to hindsight Mm -hmm. Because we don't know how many tournaments he's going to play in the future. He might play four a year. He, may, he might only play the majors. He might play seven a year. So until we see the kind of schedule that he has moving forward, then we'll be able to kind of figure out, all right, let's see exactly what he can still do. But until then, man, I'm having too much fun just enjoying this moment right now. Mm. Michael, in 10 seconds, where do you expect him to be on the leaderboard after today? Uh, right around the top 20. I would think. I don't think he's going to play quite as well today as he did yesterday, but I think he's going to make the cut and be here for the weekend. Michael Collins, ladies and gentlemen. Great to see you, Michael. A potential disaster for baseball's marquee franchise. That's next, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Anscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.